Hello and welcome to another Fad Pod Fad Pod recorded live in front of a studio audience. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football After Dark. I'm your host, Justin Cutlip the Jusby. I stole the intro from Corey. It was a good one, too. It was. I enjoyed it. I'm going to leave it in, though. We're going to do a double. I am joined today by number one Chiefs fan, Matt Dustman. My voice is a little raspy right now. The Monday night game just ended. I'm really sorry. But it was... Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my fucking God. Patrick Mahomes, you can do whatever you want to me. <laughs> you could just... I, mm, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'll lay there. I'll let you do it. Uh, got professional sports broadcaster Nate Kuyper, who can't talk right now because his team is in a bad spot. And then got official water boy... <laughs> Until and my contract gets renegotiated. Yeah, because I can't talk. Yeah. re nogged Corey Clement. After my two fumbles last week and inactivity this week because of a hamstring, a.k.a. two fumbles last week. <laughs> Damn. Basically. So is Kuiper not going to be able to talk in the intro for the next 12 weeks? No. Oh, because they have a bye, so he'll be able to talk that week. Yeah. Then, uh, no, nah, they won't. He won't be able to talk again until maybe week eight. Week seven, tech. No, next week. We'll beat the Falcons. No, shut up! No. <laughs> You're not allowed to talk. So, it's been a crazy week. We gotta, we gotta get around to everything. We're gonna kick things off today, though. But the only weekly f- the football news segment you need to care about is the Jubby Report. What would be the Jubby without the report? What, what, what would he be? I don't know. <laughs> Me neither. Okay. It's all I've got. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all that's left! To kick things off this week, we got a double newsheader relating to certified couch gremlin Le'Veon Bell. He's reporting. He's reportedly coming back to play for the Steelers during their Week 7 bye and will remain with the team for the rest of the season. The couch gremlin is getting off the couch. The news kind of makes me sad, though. I kind of wanted to see him traded to the Colts. I really did. Oh, can I talk now? Yes. Since they were talking about my team? Yeah, no, we're allowed to talk now because we're past the intro. All Go right. Ahead. So, um, okay. So, yesterday, or yesterday night, right, um, I don't know if Le'Veon Bell makes much of a difference, but I don't really think the Steelers have a choice. No, at this point, no, they don't. At this point, you really don't. Like, at this, at this rate, at least if you bring him back and you play him, at least you can say that, if, if the season goes in the trajectory that it's going, at least you have the ability to say, hey, we brought him back, or we hey, we played him, and, you know, in the final, what, eight, nine weeks of the year, and it didn't matter, you know. And then everyone's, everyone could just say, oh, well, the games that you lost or tied, he could have made a difference. I don't really think he does. Um, I don't think he helps us against the Browns at all. James Conner did pretty much anything right exactly like james Conner did just about everything you'd expect Le'Veon bell to do in that game 
Uh, the Chiefs game wouldn't have mattered because it wasn't the offense that was the problem. And then yesterday, I I tweeted it earlier that if Le'Veon Bell plays in that football game, the Steelers lose 26-24. So yep, pretty much. Uh, but they're they're gonna bring it back. I think they 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 want to they want to work with him. See the thing the thing that is the thing that's gonna really irritate me, and I said this before we started, is when the Steelers go into their bye week two, three, and one, and then he comes back during the week seven bye and he gets a full week of practice, and then the game after our bye week is Cleveland, and we win, and then just don't lose again, and then Le'Veon Bell just has literally just slaps his dick on Kevin Colbert's desk, <laughs> and. Essentially, and uh, yeah, and then at that point, you're well, no, because then at that point, Le'Veon's gonna be like, I don't really care, I'm leaving anyway. I'm gonna go be a Colt or something, I don't know. Then Bell responded to an Instagram post about Seahawks safety Earl Thomas giving the finger to the Seattle Seahawks sideline as he was being cornered off the field Sunday. Y'all probably heard about that by now. Corey, Um, how good was my tweet about that? Uh, it was in your top 10 tweets, but you mostly tweet about wrestling so it's not saying much damn that's true i guess wow a lot of that stuff's retweets though it's not my material it wasn't really like i was impressed with how good the tweet was of all time it was it came from you so that's what oh see Corey. Corey's hitting me with that uh that ego i gotta bring you back down it doesn't work usually but uh, right Corey does Corey. i have to i have to let some air out that's true he commented a little bit of psi quote Shaking my head, exactly. Get right, bro, bro. And then he added him. I'll continue to be the bad guy for all of us. I have no idea what he means by being the bad guy. All he's doing is being a couch gremlin. I don't I don't understand. Uh, well, I think the, you know, Earl Thomas thing kind of... Gremlins were bad guys in the gremlin movie, so... I mean, he... I guess so. Got him. He wants to let's get this bread. And if he gets in and gets injured before he gets that bread, he gets less bread. And he wants a lot of bread. Look at it like this. We have never, out of all the players that have held out or threatened to hold out, we actually haven't ever seen anybody actually go through with it. Right. Like, Le'Veon Bell is sacrificing millions of his own dollars to try to prove a point. So I guess that's why you can kind of, like, say that, oh, well, he's the bad. He's not the bad guy from, like. I feel like I feel like if you're, if you're trying to, like, force him back into the game, you're you're almost on the side of the owners and ownership and whatnot. I know he's supposed to be there for the team and whatnot, but in, in general, you've got to look out for your own future. The average NFL lifespan is seven, eight years, maybe nine, and then quarterbacks and offensive linemen can play at 12, 13, or whatever. But uh, I'm really sorry. My voice is really raspy. I'm trying to work with you here. It's hard. <laughs> oh, um, uh, But when you have that shorter lifespan – and I know we've talked about before, he's kind of on the back end of that, so you can't give him the max deal you would give like an earlier guy right off like the Like Todd Gurley. Like a Todd Gurley yeah. contract. But he still deserves something because when, when it's said and done and over with, what is he going to do after football? Sometimes other people he go into production, go into play-by-play. He could go into a bunch of other things, but that's not always guaranteed. It's only certain people end up doing that kind of stuff. And I think it's a statement for the players. I've, I've, I've kind of flipped my way of thinking on it where 
I am rooting for Le'Veon Bell in a way. Not that like I think it sucks that like he's gonna come back to the team and then they're gonna win games and they go oh, this is because of Le'Veon. He's gonna get money because of that. But the Earl Thomas thing, it really put it in perspective. I was kind of already getting into perspective a little bit, but the Earl Thomas thing started putting it in perspective for me where he argued and then Earl Thomas was the better man. He came back to his team. He came back to ownership. He said, all right, I'm on contract still. I'll play. And then he gets the broken leg before they can do the contract extension he's been begging for, that he's been mad about, that he was going to hold out for. Now he doesn't get it. Now he's not going to get it. And when he does sign with someone next year when he's a free agent, he's not going to get anywhere near the amount of money the Kansas City Chiefs were about to give him because they were the team that was going to trade for him. Yeah. I don't know if you saw. No, that's in the Jumpy Report. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll cover that one. I'm reeling back over that. Um, but, yeah, so. The Earl Thomas thing really, for the first couple weeks of the year because of the way a lot of things were going, Le'Veon Bell was kind of losing the argument. Because you were seeing teams across the league like the Falcons. Obviously, the Falcons aren't winning, but they're putting up ridiculous amounts of points without Devontae Freeman. Like, the Jaguars are winning and winning very emphatically without Leonard Fournette. You know, the Giants can't win with Saquon Barkley. You know, it seems as if the Saints don't really need Mark Ingram. Like... It's it's one of those situations we all know they kind of do. Saints do. The Saints uh, kind of do. Already getting worn out and hurt. No, but what I'm saying is is that like Le'Veon was kind of losing the argument, and then the Steelers continued struggles, and then the Earl Thomas thing happening, and people being like, "Wow, like Earl Thomas, that broken leg just cost Earl Thomas tens of thousands of dollars, millions." Well, no, I'm sorry, tens of that's what I meant to say, tens yeah. of millions of dollars that he's never gonna get. And it's just a tough line to walk where do you want to support, like, the team and the future of the team in the sense of you don't want to give a player who plays the shortest shelf the shortest shelf life position in the NFL that amount of money when he's already had two leg injuries? Or do you say, you know what, we're not paying you for the future, we're paying you for what you've done, and what you've done is be the best running back in the NFL for the last seven years, so we're going to pay you like it. It's just such a, it's just such a tough, like, argument. No, I'm actually on the, I'm actually on the side of the players in this scenario, I just wanted to call Le'Veon Bell a couch, couch gremlin again. Mm-hmm. He is a um, little bit of couch gremlin. He, yeah, is a, yeah. he is a little bit, like... He was being a couch gremlin. Yeah. I, I mean, he did ham it up, though, I'll be the, uh, I'll... I'll, I'll dive on the grenade fuck. for all of us. Yeah, this is a, this technically Earl Thomas is the one that dived on the grenade for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely made his case stronger. Let, let the public at least kind of understand where he's coming from. Also, Earl Thomas proved that the really, really great players in the league don't need training camps and they don't need practice. Oh, one hundred percent. And Khalil Mack proved that as well. The really, really good players in this league don't need preseason and they don't need practice. Then, uh, in, in some sad news. Fitzmagic has officially passed away. This week is Jameis Winston, a man that needs thrown in the fucking pit, will start in week five. Six. Sorry, six. six. I want to say week five. It's week, week six. Yeah. It, well, we're going into week five, but they're start. Yeah, yeah but there's, they have a bye next bye. week. Poor, yeah. Yeah, Poor yeah, Fitzmagic. That was my fad. Fuck him. Well, anyway, a <laughs> short moment of silence for the Fitzmagic. Huh? That's uh, it. And now okay. we are on to Wait. Fitz Tragic. We called it last week. 
We did them. Hashtag yeah, yeah, fad pod boys were right. We have been right about a we lot of stuff those... this season, y'all. Yeah, we if have. If you would just listen to us, you would fucking know. No, we've been so fucking Why lucky. are we preaching to the people that are already listening to us to listen to us? <laughs> we tell other people to listen to us so more people listen to us and see how right we are. Yeah. True. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Real Impact Earl Thomas, the Chiefs reportedly wanted to trade for him, and now I'm sad. Oh, dude. It was really – okay, funny story about that. If you if you look at, like, Ron Parker's uh, tweets, like, I feel like once a day for some – I mean, it's his thing. Every day he, like, makes a tweet about, uh, God is good, thank you for my ta- – thank you for this, and God is good. And, and, and someone show a picture. He did it, like, uh, seven days ago, six days ago, five days ago, four days ago, three days ago, two days ago, Sunday – he makes one tweet. It's one word. Says fuck. And then tonight, God is good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It was pretty much the most done deal ever. Because we need to do something. Because Eric Berry's got a heel spur, and that's why he keeps tearing his Achilles. Tearing his Achilles. Talk. That's off. That's yeah, extremely dangerous. Yeah, they, I, I would have loved to see that. It's it's really too bad that he drank some bone breaking juice. What's up with you and these juices? You never heard of the mean bone-hurting juice? Yes, I have, but like... I'm just riding it. That's fine. There's no such thing as like muscle-hurt juice, because that's I, what... I can make it. I just I just came up with bone-breaking juice. Okay, fine. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. In a bit of a clash between two worlds, hip-hop artist Kanye West is trying to get Colin Kaepernick and President Donald Trump to meet. He spoke to TMZ and said... I've been calling Colin this morning, reaching him, so I could bring Colin to the White House, and we could remove that sons of bitches statement, and we could be on the same page. It's just wild, man. That would actually... Would he be the greatest mediator of all time? Kanye? Yeah. No. No, 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 really, like, I... Think about, like, what he's actually trying to do. Like, if he can actually get the two of them to do that, like, that's... Ex- that's exceptionally impressive. Oh yeah, yeah it'll be interesting, and especially since like he's been like you know letting Kim Kardashian and his wife go there and all that shit. Especially because I feel like out of the two of them, if we're if we're knowing, and I don't know this, but like if we're going hypothetical, I feel like the one that would be the most willing to meet would be Cap, because Cap's the one that has like the gripe, realistically. Right. Whereas Donald would not win. In no, that I'm in that sure, situation, I'm not sure he would want to meet. Is actually the one I I would say probably not going to happen. I don't think the president wants to. Meet no, Donald it would. Trump. It's not going to happen because he's been talking like so much. That Donald Trump does not like meeting with people he doesn't like. Yeah. So he he's made it very very abundantly yeah, yeah, clear yeah. on Twitter that he 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 hates Colin Kaepernick. I don't he's know. Not we'll meet we'll see how uh, we'll see how good Kanye West is as a. As a I mean, him and Kim Jong Un are in love now. Apparently, <laughs> that's a direct quote. <laughs> it's weird, man. <laughs> This is weird times we live in, boys. Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, my goodness. That's it for the Jubby Report. All right. Um, who wants to go first about something? Well, oh, God, let's talk Matt. about what we just witnessed. I, I was going to give your voice a break and start. Nah, dude. I just got to <laughs> fucking go for Matt, it. Matt, get out. Yeah, the, the Chiefs-Broncos game just ended. Uh, to put in context, obviously, because there's a time bubble here. Uh. Pat Mahomes led a fourth-quarter drive to take the lead. Uh, Chiefs ended up winning 27-24. The Broncos certainly did not make it easy for our good old Matt here uh, getting down to, like, the 20-yard line. 
and uh, Case Keenum missed a wide open Demarius Thomas, who would have walked into the end zone. But it was a it was a big stop by the Chiefs on what looked like an attempted hook and ladder in the in in hindsight. But uh, yeah, so right, the Chiefs right, won a big game. Off, take it off the leash. Go wild. <clears throat> That was Patrick Mahomes' statistical worst game of his career, but it was also Patrick Mahomes' best game of his career. <laughs> they said when he had to play a good defense, it wouldn't happen. They said when he was right. behind, he couldn't do it. I'm going to read Nick Wright's tweet just verbatim. No. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're doing. Uh, we're gonna I did get, read that. We're gonna get I want to talk sued. about his other stuff. I want to talk no, no, no. about the other stuff. That, yes, that's go. just a good quote. It's just it's a, a good it's quote. A, yeah, it's a I'm good taking quote. taking the leash off. Go. Talk. Okay, I, well, then let me talk. He did the things and the stuff, and he was fucking awesome. He made that comeback look so good. There was a – there was a. I mean, I was scared, butt clenched over here. But there was a point uh, with like nine or ten minutes left in the game before we scored that uh, first touchdown, Pat Mahomes like looked at the sideline and gave this smile, and like I saw the confidence in his eyes, and I was like, if our defense does it, we're going to win this game. And our defense did it. And, I mean, he did you see the fucking plays? He going down to the ground, dopesy does the ball to his left hand, throws it. It was like a 10-yard completion, and then Tyreek got the first down. That was on third down. And, like, oh, my God. Uh, there's so many things he did. And our defense got, like, the couple stops they needed and the Case Keenum overthrow. We're just going to slide that in there. Case Keenum did oh, overthrow a wide open touchdown. Case Keenum's a mediocre quarterback. Who would have thought? Wow, that's weird. But, uh. I mean, Kareem Hunt, it was his night. I mean, it's been almost a different player every week, and this week it was Kareem Hunt's turn. You're just really lucky that Case Keenum has had a fucking touchdown pass allergy since week two. <laughs> he's been – he's carrying he goes, around he EpiPens. Goes, he goes to lob that up to the Marys, he goes <laughs> – and then it just it just misses. It's all good. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take it, and I'm really happy, and like, obviously, because my voice is still raspy and shit, and – I don't know, man. That game showed everything that I thought was going to happen. It was our first, like, big test. Now we can see what happens when we play Jacksonville next week. But, like, oof. Right, so, that's, that's, a that's, a, that's a big old oof. That's a big old oof and, and a probably half. probably a first loss for the Chiefs here. Uh, realistically, yeah. But, like, uh, everything that happened, like, our defense showed. Well, our defense is, our defensive pass you had four sacks. Yeah, we had four sacks. Our pass rush was getting there, and we had, like, decent coverage for tonight. We had a really – Eric Murray, that one-handed interception. That was, no that was, that was really cool. Um, there's so many good things that the defense did, but this week they just decided to stop letting – stop stopping the run, which was their, our only strength. Yeah, that that was the – It's like Bob Sutton can only yeah. play half a defense. That's what I said, Matt, while we were watching the game. I'm like, it almost feels like the Chiefs know they can't do both things, so they just give up on one of the things, and they're really good at the other. That that seems like what it is. And, like, obviously, because it was October 1st, happy Spooptober, everybody. But because happy Spooptober. It, because, it's, uh, because it's October 1st, the Andy Reid September powers have weakened. So I knew it was going to be a harder game in general. <laughs> he, he he builds up he builds up all off season into September. We have these amazing games. October comes around, he starts rolling down, and this year we have that late bye week. So we're going to go down and then hump up, and then if we're lucky and get a first round bye in the playoffs, we can hump up into the Super Bowl. Humping and the it. Super Bowl is a two-week break, so it's a bye week. If humping, we get to the Super Bowl, it's over. Humping into the Super Bowl. We humping Andy Reid into the Super Bowl. This has been an un- this is untested. Andy Reid no Super Bowl yet. 
does the bye week happen, and then the second week off, does it reverse it? I'm going to cry. Don't you stop. <laughs> don't, you, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. I can't deal with that He's shit. He's like, oh my god, two weeks? What do I do? <laughs> For real, though, I'm I'm really impressed by my offense, and I really love Patrick Mahomes. Guess who's not really impressed by their offense? Me. Oh, That's yeah, right. Here the Green Bay Packers won 22 nothing against the Bills on Sunday, and I'm mad. Why am I mad about a 22 nothing win? Because the offense looked like shit. Looked like absolute garbage. Yeah. How many drop passes on third down was there this week? Oh, not as many, but still a lot. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of it was Aaron Rodgers' fault. There was so many wide the passes are like wide right to Devontae Adams where he had to leap practically 90 fucking degrees and try to catch the ball and still couldn't make it because he's he's human. Mm-hmm. And like I understand that Aaron Rodgers is hurt. He's got some issues right now. And for some reason, they're him, him and McCarthy are clicking right now. They've never clicked ever. No, like it's worse than ever. usual. They've never been. They've never. It it has been a very tumultuous relationship between the two of them. It's true, and it's getting worse right now. Yeah. And and I think uh, Rogers has acknowledged that, but he kind of kind of threw McCarthy under the bus a little bit during their post game. But Rogers likes to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got to figure their shit out. Mm. It, it's, it's time now. It's been long enough. You just got this giant contract. Work. I don't care which way you have to fucking bend. Work shit out with your coach. Yeah. This can't keep. This can't continue. Not when. Not when you're. We're, you're in a position where you're having problems, like physically, and the, the team's kind of acting iffy. The defense is half turns on when they feel like it. It's weird. Jairi Alexander had a good interception. Yeah, yeah, no, the 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 Green Bay defense has been like this this year, where they have like these really good plays, and then and then just let themselves get busted wide open. Mm-hmm. And it, it just it has to stop. Yeah, we were lucky we played against Buffalo this week. If it was any other team, we probably could have, we probably would have lost. Mm-hmm. But Buffalo is probably the worst team in the NFL, so it wasn't too bad. You know what's really funny is that a lot of people consider. When it comes to like who are the best, who are like the the best quarterbacks playing right now, and you always come down to, or and some, you know, somewhere in your top four, you have Rodgers and Brady, and a lot of people that put Brady over Rodgers is because of you know, Brady's attitude and his commitment to details and yeah, his, his coachability, his coach. But the thing that a lot of people forget is that Brady and Rodgers are very similar in the sense of. They never, the chip on their shoulder never shrunk. And Rodgers still plays like he's not respected. Rodgers still plays as if he's mad that he didn't get drafted before Alex Smith does, or before Alex Smith did. He still plays like when he showed up to Green Bay, to Green Bay Brett Favre was like so just just not acknowledging him at all and and Aaron pretty much had to learn the game on his own. Aaron just refuses to shake that. Very similar to how Brady refuses absolute after 18 years refuses to forget about the fact that he was a day 3 draft pick. He hate he refuses to let that go. I think the difference between the two of them is that Rodgers has let that that motivation bleed into what is sort of this inability to admit blame, which 
for the most part, I mean, these this last couple seasons, and Corey's brought it up a couple times, the Packers usually don't get off to very good starts. And that's primarily because Aaron Rodgers doesn't get off to very good starts. Right. And then what ends up having to happen is that he has to have this this kind of aha moment at week seven or week eight where he has some sort of quotable saying, whether it's we're going to run the table or whether he's spelling out the word relax or whatever it is. And then he just goes on an absolutely bonkers tear in the second half of the year. Brady, on the other hand, kind of turned it into this, you know, I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to, you know, do all this stuff. You know, the two of them are very similar in that, right? The only problem is, is like, it's like the same thing where you got the kid from like the troubled home. You got two kids in like troubled homes in the same neighborhood. One kid uses his, like all the stuff that he's dealt with and uses it to like motivate him to great success. And the other kid uses it to like kind of take it out in more unhealthy ways, you know? And no one is doubting that Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterback talents we've seen in the last 15 years. I think what people are starting to realize now is that Rodgers and McCarthy and the Packers are just like an odd couple. It's it's seemingly like they're a, a big puzzle that just got stuck together with Gorilla Glue, but all the pieces don't fit. So It needs... They both need to be the bigger men in this and figure their shit out. Someone said that this morning. They were like, the two of them need to sit down and put aside the coach-player type yeah, of yeah. thing and we just say talk. T- tell me what's tell me what the problem is all right we're teammates let's right right like uh, you're i'm no longer your coach you're no longer my player we're teammates the ego needs what's to drop, and what's I'm, the I'm deal because aaron Rodgers has that ego and i don't know if he's willing to let that go and it's it's gonna the situation is not gonna get better right and like mm. it's so weird I, i've never been this mad coming off a win tell i've i've been there I've been there just, many, many times. Because I'm just so, like, worried about the future of this team. Yeah. And maybe not this year. Maybe we don't feel it as hard this year. Yeah. But it's going to keep going, and it's going to keep trending downwards. If nothing changes, we keep trending downwards. If we, if they continue to have this bad relationship, if we continue to pay Clay Matthews all this fucking money, like, we keep making these dumb decisions, and it's just going to keep going down and down and down very slowly. Super Bowl windows closing. Let's just let it keep going down. It's similar to the Steelers it's, in that it's sense. Gonna, we yeah. end up in the same exact situation. Yeah, and that's what happens when you let ego and you let you try to focus on raw talent and you you don't like flush out your full team mm-hmm. to what it needs to be. Get your coach to where they need to be. Get your quarterback to where they need to be, both mentally and physically. You will have this issue. And yeah. you'll end up where the Pittsburgh Steelers are right now, which we'll transition over to that. It's it's time to push the button. It's time to panic in Pittsburgh, I think. Um, Can we talk about something important? Yeah, wow, that, that was a shot at me, I'm assuming. Um, can we talk about how good the NFL planning committee is at scheduling this game? Because as of right now, Drew Brees is going into a primetime game on Monday night, 200 yards away from the all-time passing record. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. I can't wait. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, let's be realistic. Like they they managed to do it when Peyton did it too. That's like, I know it's true. They're it's pretty good. No, but I was gonna say. I mean, let's be. Drew Brees is gonna fucking 
annihilate that record. Right. Like Drew Brees is gonna Drew Brees is gonna finish his career thousands of yards ahead of Peyton in what two less seasons? Oh, say that one more time. Two less seasons. Say the thousands. Please. Oh, thousands of yards higher than Peyton. Oh, in two less I'm seasons. so close. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I hate Peyton Manning. No, I hate me and Matt both are big Peyton Manning haters. Um, no, we talked about Drew Brees a lot, and I think that. And that's the one thing that I want to get to. I mean, we're going to talk about the Steelers, but, you know, talking about the Saints, like, I don't know if enough credit is given to the fact that in an era where it's predicated more on your offensive staff than anything and offensive head coaches, that Sean Payton, despite being in the league for so long, just somehow finds ways like defenses cannot figure out Sean Payton like Sean Payton constantly finds new like you guys are using a backup quarterback as everything other than a quarterback and that's crazy like Mm -hmm. it's what the Ravens are trying to do except they're not doing it as well because it's Sean Payton doing it and it's just mind-boggling to me that he's been in the league for so long and him and Breeze have been together for so long, and they've had so many, I don't want to say overhauls, but they've had so many moving pieces ever since they won the Super Bowl in 2009. And they just consistently find ways to make other teams just look foolish. And I don't think it gets talked about enough. I was talking to our friend Shively on Sunday, and I said Sean Payton has decided that after Drew Brees is gone, there's no way he can replace him. So he's just not going to play a quarterback position at all in his <laughs> offense. And it's just going to be all these weird plays with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Yeah. They're just going to line up like Ian, like a little bit of a bunch formation behind the center. And it's just going to be random. You're going to have to have, you're going to have to have the most accurate long snapping center that's in the history of the NFL, because the ball can go to either three of those guys. Right. Uh, they we actually uh, traded for one last year. Like who was he was a backup on? Uh, I think he was the Eagles. He was really good. He was like one of the best long snappers in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ended up getting hurt last year, and I'm not sure if he's still on the roster or not. Mm-hmm. But. They could, could come in handy, <laughs> right? There, Sean he's Payton, planning for the future. Yeah, Sean Payton's gonna <laughs> Sean Payton's gonna be the first NFL head coach to permanently use a long snapper as his true center, just because of the offensive game plan that they're gonna have. Um, defense looked better yesterday against it, a a really, and this is gonna be the thing we. Just to give a thing about what we're going to be doing a little bit later, um, I asked the guys. I do this every year where at every quarter poll in the NFL, I do uh, power rankings. And the reason I do every quarter poll is because I don't like doing every single week because it's inaccurate. Because so many different things can happen on a week-to-week basis. And I always tell people, like, if you just do power rankings in, like, chunks, if you just do it month by month, what you'll realize is vi- if you broke the the league up into, like, you do 1 through 32, and then you break it up in, like, chunks of 8, right? So, you have your top 10, 8 teams. These are, like, your playoff teams. And then the next 8 teams are, like, borderline wild card, pretty consistent teams. Then your next tier are, like, the teams that are kind of underachieving, and then the other team, the 8 teams that are bad. What you'll notice if you do it that way is very few teams move. 
Like, despite a lot of people thinking that September is, like, the throwaway month, if you really, like, break it down to, like, okay, who beat who, how'd they win, how did they lose, and all this stuff, not a lot of teams are going to move. And the Giants, in that regard, you know, we talked about, like, oh, man, the Saints played – I I just mentioned the Saints played really well defense against them. Dude, the Giants are – the Giants are bad. I don't care if Odell's there. I don't care if Barkley's there. I don't care if Sterling Shepard's there. The Giants are bad. They don't know how to run an offense. Corey gave a couple weeks ago. uh, Pat Shermer was the first inaugural pussy head coach of the week for for Corey's uh, esteemed award. Um, There, they just don't. I don't want to say that they're going to regret drafting Saquon Barkley, but they're going to regret drafting Saquon Barkley because you could have had. Well, yeah, there's not really a good quarterback coming up this year. I was right. going to say, because they, they, they're going to essentially not be good this year and get to go for a quarterback, but they're not going to get to take Baker, Darnold, Allen, Rosen. Exactly. Like, you could say that, yeah, all those rookie quarterbacks are gay, well, whatever, but, like, all four of those rookie quarterbacks, although they all have losing records, technically, have all flashed, like, moments. Where even Josh Rosen yesterday, who had a – who did literally everything he possibly could to bring that game back against the Seahawks, and his kicker missed a field goal shocker. A lot of that's going around in the NFL. Even had flashes where he was like, wow, like, man, if they get this kid some pieces around him, he could be really good. Literally, if you are on the Giants, take any of those teams, maybe outside of Baker Mayfield. If you put Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, or Josh Rosen on the Giants, that is an infinitely better roster both on offense and on defense than any of those other teams have any of those other young quarterbacks have and i guarantee you that if any of them would be playing they might have a similar record but they are not scoring 13 points against no disrespect one of the worst defenses statistically in the nfl in their own building with those weapons they have yeah, absolutely. It's it was a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a 100%. mistake. I, I I could see that, and they need yeah they needed a quarterback bad. Yeah, and everybody thought everybody thought they were going to go after Barkley. Everybody thought that they, they might, might sorry, everybody thought that they weren't going to go after Barkley. Everybody thought they were going to go after Darnold. A lot of people that, that's thought I was A lot of people thought Barkley was going to go number one to the Browns because right. they went and got Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, and ended up what what Cleveland ended up doing I think so far is paying off for them. Yeah. Which is good. Nick Looking Chubb back. had a good game. Yeah. Well, he Saquon Barkley did. He had two runs. No, he did. He did. He had he had the big 63-yard run, and then what, he had like another 20, another 40-yard run? Yeah. yeah, but you, with my algorithm, <laughs> you just take off the one longest one. So he still has another long one. Okay. Corey, what's the You're name right. for your algorithm? It's the, uh, I don't know. I don't know. What's the? What's the name of the algorithm? Right. The uh, stringing run theorem. The y P C B N T L O. Yards per carry, but not the long one. <laughs> um, no. That's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. You're fired. That's the name of the episode, by the way. That no. acronym I just no, made. No, you're fired. Yes, it is. <laughs> anyway. We'll, we'll find we'll find a good name. For Strung your together r- run theorem. We'll figure it out. Right. So it's almost a play on the string. Yeah, right. it is. It's almost a play on words. Right. Um. 
It's the LRED. It's yeah. the it's the longest run yeah. exempt theorem. Yeah. Switching to another NFC East team. How about them Cowboys? They're terrible. Okay. <laughs> this, all right. I know that. Here's the thing. Let me just say this. This is what I said on my show this morning. Every single week, I have to go on and tell everybody to not freak out about the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason I'm telling everybody not to freak out about the Dallas Cowboys is that you need to just lower your expectations of what the Dallas Cowboys are. Okay? The Dallas Cowboys, we're all, well, I should say some of us here, and we're not getting into this rabbit hole, but we're all kind of like gaming nerds in a sense, and we're all familiar with, like, competitive gaming. And a lot of competitive gaming talks about win conditions. Like, what does this team need to do to win? The Dallas Cowboys are one of the only teams in the NFL that have a very narrow win condition. But if they hit it, they can beat a lot of teams in the NFL. Their win condition is two things. Play good defense, which they do, and Ezekiel Elliott touches the ball 30 times. That's it. That's your win condition. Right. If if Zeke gets – I'm sorry, Corey. If Zeke gets 30 catches, I don't care if it's 15 carries. Touches, touches yeah. I don't care if it's – I was getting ahead of myself because I was going to say – I don't care if it's 15 carries and 15 catches. I don't care if it's 28 catches and two runs. If Ezekiel Elliott touches the ball 30 times a game and they play defense, they'll probably only win by single digits every single game. But they can win games. They just need to admit that that's their offense. They need to stop this idea that Dak Prescott can drop back 30 to 35 times a game. And against a really mediocre pass rush like Seattle – he gets mugged because they can't throw the football. So people are like, oh, man, Dallas pulled the upset. Dallas not an upset by Dallas. Detroit's a bad football team. I picked Dallas to win that game. Like, that's not an upset. Dallas should have won that football game. I'm sad that Detroit's a bad team. It makes me really cry. <laughs> Why, though? Because I thought they were going to – I thought this was their year. I thought they were going to mm. finally get their shit together, and they just – I was, I I think I say this every week, but I was really high on Matt Patricia until I saw the thing that he has a laminated play sheet (laughs) and a number two pencil behind his ear. (laughs) The pencil, listen, man, the pencil is part of the look. No, it's it's the most tragically stupid thing. It is. Plus they have, plus they have the window tablets now too. Yeah, they do. So like, check. Then you just use the, the the the, hoodie. You use the hoodie and you use the the pictures still. You just look at the so. play call down your shirt. Did we call that Miami was a fraud last week? Yeah. Did we? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, Because, yeah, my Lord. They are a fraud. Jesus. We I was so mad when people were like, oh, Everybody, man, Miami. Everybody should have known this. Everybody should have known this. Going back. Uh, coach, I just wanted to make a point. Yeah, Coach Gary over there in. America's home. Coach Gary? Coach Gary. <laughs> Old Garrett. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Oh, dude, okay. you had me lost. I was yeah. like, I'm going through. I'm like, okay, what coach's first name is Gary? And I was He's like, a player's coach. He's Gary. In a quick... Call, please, call me Gary. You just, <laughs> you just picked up Kuiper and you're like, like, just dropped him off in the middle of the woods. Dude, I had like a Rain Man moment, but I didn't get it. I was like... I went through every single starting like head coach's name in my mind and didn't find a Gary. And I'm like, who is he talking about? Why Why would Coach Gary <laughs> use Zeke Elliott where he has the former offensive rookie of the year on his team? 
Oh, oh, oh. I get, I get your. Uh... You gotta, you gotta use your strengths. And Dak Prescott, the former offensive rookie of the year, is definitely, Damn. is definitely what they should be building around. Real quick, did you ever realize that there's no such thing as a current rookie of the year? Right. Yeah. It's always former. Yeah. So like, you shouldn't live by that right. belief. You know. Right. Right. So, what's uh, uh what's Gary doing, Corey? Gary is. He had a euphoric moment. <laughs> oh my! And he was oh, like, man. "Wait a minute! I think this Zeke guy's kind of good. You know what? I'm gonna give him a shot. Let's see what we can do if we if he totes the old rock around a couple times a game." Is this what is this what Jason Garrett? Can someone confirm for me that this is what Jason Garrett sounds like when he talks? Out in the crowd, John okay. Chevy. Is this what Jason Garrett sounds like? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We have, absolutely. We have a Cowboys fan in the room. He verified it for us. Our okay. live yes. studio audience. Live studio audience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like, let's see. Uh, you know, uh, he's got this good afro, man. <laughs> it's it, wild. It comes real nice down into his beard. It looks like a it looks like a big old headpiece he's wearing that the goes underneath kinda, his chin. The, the beard the beard's kind of weird because it's very well taken care of, which is what you don't expect from a beard. <laughs> a beard should be the exact opposite of like that. Like Eric Weddle, right? Good lord! Oh but I like his beard. It's a good beard. Gonna it's a good it. it's a good kid. Dak Prescott hasn't been a good kid lately. Oh no, he's gonna get coal in his stocking. Yeah, it's October. He's, he's gonna, gonna get he's gonna, he gonna get colon his trick or treat basket. He, he That's get, it. He's yeah. gonna get tricked in no treats. Hey, oh no, he trick did that. play to Tavon Austin and no he, treats. He already, <laughs> Dak Prescott already already did the trick into everybody in the NFL thinking he was cool. episode name Coach Gary. Well, he needed the last yeah. he needed the last one more year to get that contract. Now he he losing out on the tricks. He get no treat. I'm gonna call the episode Coach Gary's Epiphany, but. Oh, I like it. Coach Ooh. Gary's epiphany. Anyway. Everyone's going to be like, who the hell is Coach Gary? They'll find out if they listen to the fucking episode. Old Gary. All right. So. The be- Muppet Man. Because Corey wanted to talk about more important things, I didn't, I didn't get to talk about the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I want to know if you agree with is me. Is there anything else to talk about? Corey, shut no. the fuck up. We're going into it. The, the, the only thing I have to say about them is that I'm glad that it took – Whatever that was last night, whatever that abysmal performance was, for Ben Roethlisberger to finally do a conference after a game and say, yeah, I suck. Because that was needed like three years ago and not from a facetious standpoint. Like Mm. not the whole BS that he did with Jacksonville. Like, oh, maybe I don't have it anymore. And then two days later, he was like, man, you guys in the media are making up a whole bunch of shit. No, Ben, you said that out of your mouth. Into a fuzzy thing that collects your voice noises and puts them on a little file that people upload. You said that. No one else wrote that. So, like, Ben Rothsberg coming out being like, yeah, I'm not on page with anybody and I'm not playing very well. I'm like, thank you. Because you haven't for, like, a long time. And when you have, it's been real spotty and inconsistent. And uh, I just want to give, first of all, and this will be the and we already talked about Le'Veon Bell and I don't know what's going to happen with that but um, Pittsburgh plays Atlanta this week in Pittsburgh uh, and I think both teams desperately need a win. The problem is is that 
as bad as the Steelers' defense is, I actually don't think you can get much worse than Atlanta's defense at this point. <laughs> like, with them signing, like, librarians to come play safety, like – it's it's just it's just been it's just been really bad. I mean, I, I can name a worse defense. I mean, you well, okay. There's a lot of bad defenses in the NFL. Oh, just one more. What's his name tonight? Booger. A Booger guy, McFarlane. A, a guy's literal name is Booger. If you want to play like the worst defense in the NFL, fuck you. He was right. We're still the best third down defense, and we stopped him. Yeah, but that's not what he was. He's not straight up saying that you guys were the worst defense. He said in that play. They were playing like the worst defense because they couldn't make a goddamn tackle. Yeah, well, he sits in a chair and, and slides you, up you and down there the field. And said that, and then he echoed it, except in a way with more words, and you got mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. But uh, the only other thing I'm going to say is that, you know what, ma'am? After three weeks of um, our defense just getting thrown under the bus, which is like, Rightfully so. Like, they haven't been very good. Man, after giving up 14 points in the first quarter, you held the best red zone offense in the NFL in the Baltimore Ravens. It's not the Rams. It's not the Chiefs. It's not the Saints. The Baltimore Ravens were the best red zone offense in the entire NFL. Dude, through three quarters, you held that team to a fumble and four field goals. Like, dude, congrats. Like, that, that's a good performance. Like... For how bad you've been against the best red zone offense in the NFL, four field goals and a fumble to essentially swing the momentum back in your favor. And then the offense scored 14 points. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, we just couldn't freaking do anything. When so, do we, uh, when do we start recognizing the Ravens? I do in, yes, in so my, in my power rankings. I think it's right now. I don't think that they're as, I, I think that they're in that boat of like, yeah, they're going to be good. Um, they're probably a playoff team. If I don't they keep know. Playing like they are right now, they're probably a playoff team. Yeah. Well, I want to see them play Cincinnati again. I want to see them. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in the second Pittsburgh game, especially if Le'Veon Bell is back, because Le'Veon Bell plays really good against Baltimore, which is a big reason why a lot of people were like, "Wow, you really needed Le'Veon Bell in that game." And it wasn't just because they were saying that for every game. It was saying because specifically Le'Veon Bell plays very well against Baltimore historically. Like, last season, he had the bad start we, we that we've talked about numerous times. And then he had, like, a bajillion yards against the Baltimore Ravens, who were, like, one of the best defenses in the NFL. So, I think that was primarily one of the big things why Le'Veon Bell is getting – got brought up after that sp- specific game. Okay. Like, yeah. he didn't get brought up a lot about the Cleveland game because, like Corey said, James Conner did damn near everything he possibly could to win that football game. He didn't get brought up after the Chiefs game. Because our defense couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes. And then he didn't get brought up after the third game because we won. So this was the first game, I think, of the full year where you could really point at and be like, Le'Veon Bell would have mattered in this football game. So um, I don't know. I think we can play Atlanta and we'll probably win. And then we play Cincinnati. And I don't know what's going to happen in that game. And then we have a bye week. And then he's going to come back and we'll beat Cleveland week eight. And then probably win every single game and I'll just be mad. Because then that essentially proved Le'Veon Bell's point. And I don't know what the Steelers do at that point. Because then you just be like, yay, we're back and we're so thankful you came back. And then Le'Veon just gives you, literally does the exact same thing Earl Thomas did, <laughs> did just at the end of the year. Oh, yeah, he not playing for the he, Steelers. He's going to do the ex- – he's going to give him the old Earl Thomas 
I, I'm glad that we're calling it that from now on. Well, we are. We are. And he's going to leave. So. Yeah. Speaking of being mad, uh, I am mad for Andrew Luck. So right am oh I. Oh, my God. Me too. So that, am I. I feel what's so man, bad for him. What's a man got to do to win a motherfucking football game? Apparently, apparently do more than throw for 460 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, like what the fuck? I cannot like. I can't believe it. The things that that team and organization does to him, like we we got done talking about what the Green Bay organization does to Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. Worse. It's this worse. is worse. worse. It's like it's at least two times worse. At Absolutely. Least. It's so bad. I feel so bad for him, and he won't go anywhere else. That man will probably stay a Colt for the rest of his career. He's too humble Despite. about that. Think shit. about how how bad this is. He was forty of sixty two. Which is insane. The fact that the 62 the attempts. He yeah, threw yeah. 62 times, okay? He, he, there's no running in the line. He has to throw the ball. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton, who is his best, who I think is a little overrated, but he's, he's a little overrated. He's by he's far their best offensive weapon, right? He's the best deep threat in the game that's not named Tyreek Hill. That's true. My only thing is, is that that's all he is, is a right. deep threat. Um, Fair. It's almost, it's almost like that's why the team needs yeah. depth. Out of. Out of the 40 completions that in, that Andrew Luck had, you know how many T.Y. caught? You know how many of those catches were T.Y.? Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he also spent a lot of time Four. out of the game. And he was right, because he, he got his... hurt. Yeah. And, the and they don't have else. anybody else. Do you yeah. want to know who scored a really long touchdown yesterday or on Sunday? Dante Moncrief, who was released by the Colts. And he scored a... 40-plus-yard touchdown for the Jaguars. Yep. In the Colts' defense, Dante Moncrief was absolute shit. No, he was. When Andrew Luck wasn't there. But Andrew Luck is there. Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah. But their thought of this is Andrew Luck's really good, obviously. He can make any receiver good. Not true. Well, no. I think think it's – I think it's true. I just think that there's a there's a ceiling to it. No, like you can only make someone it, look it is, so good. It is not as high as people make it out to be. There's there's there are people out there. So there's some commentators out there who say you know like wide receivers are in general are a little overrated because they're they can only be as good as their quarterback. That is like objectively false. In that you can you can look and note if you look at that game with the Colts, you can notice the the difference in talent. Like, the astronomical difference in talent between what even a mediocre wide receiver would have compared to what they have on that team. When the All he- of those drop touchdown passes would not happen. Yeah. They had four drop touchdowns against the Eagles. Yeah. Who, by the way, Super Bowl hangover. I was right about the Eagles. I, they yeah. do not look very good. I mean, they'll still win games. It's going to happen. But it's not... You need to do something. We'll talk about that. It's it's been, it's another thing we were wrapping right back to. Like yeah, you've had a large, you've had a large amount of time without Andrew Luck. Yeah. And now he's back, and now it's now it's fucking time to do something. Yeah. We're really back to this again. There are a lot of teams right now in the NFL that are kind of hitting these these kind of like these breaking points. They're breaking these glass ceilings of where they need to take action, or everything's gonna fall apart. And it's gonna happen again with the Colts. Um. But just real quick, staying on the Colts. Um. Oh my God, <laughs> that's funny. Matt just showed me a gif of. Matt's passing around somewhere. Yeah, Matt just around. showed me a gif oh, of. Uh, so three audio of Case listeners, Keenum. which is all of them. 
He's got Case Keenum being a goof. What's he doing? He's goofing. Oh, man. <laughs> He's doing the good old horse dick audible. <laughs> um, Shaking his hands around like you like you jerking the dick. Um, He does that. He's always done that. Yeah, know, that's a that's a weird hand signal for Case Keenum. Yeah, I don't think he's doing a fucking I will, I, will, I will say, though, can we just... I want to make sure that none of the four of us have a problem with the caller going for it on fourth down, do we? Oh, no, 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 no on no, the no, Colts game? No, 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 Okay, because there were some... calls were like, if you go, for, you go for it and you make it, you're praised. If you go for it and don't, people yell at you and tell you... Mike Rabel went for it. Yeah. And that's why they beat the Super Bowl champions, because he went for it. yeah, yeah. No, it's, that it, it's such a that, it's such a dumb thing. Dude, Doug Peterson changed the NFL. I really think he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, Doug yeah. Peterson changed the NFL. Like, if you're at the if you're at if you're inside your own forty, if you're well, I should say if you're past your own forty, if you're past your own forty and it's fourth down and and less than four, go for it. It doesn't matter what what the what what. What, what quarter a, it is? We play a Madden rules, boy. Yeah, like go for it. If you believe in your offense, go for it. Like if rich... you believe in your defense, go for it. Exactly. If you don't believe in your offense and you don't believe in your defense, you're the Bills. No, it's true. Aww. The only the only apprehension I had about it, and why I was mad, and this is the thing, a, a seamless transition. We're talking about that. Yeah. God, I'm so good at that. I've been trying. I'm, j- I'm joking, dude. Um, who should have went for it were the Cleveland Browns. Oh, absolutely. Oh Wait, my what's God. even more oh, what's even dude. more unexcusable about it? Here's the thing. The Colts had a fourth down and four. They had forty one yards rushing. Okay? And they went for it on fourth down and four. The Browns had over two hundred yards on the ground and were fourth down and inches with the lead and punted. You deserve to lose. That, I mean, what that, are you doing? Again, time and time again, and it shows itself and it will continue to show itself until dumbass head coaches get it through their brain. You play to win the game. You don't play to not lose. Right. You fucking you, – they're up by a touchdown and they're going for two, six inches. You can't get six inches. Right. Like, you don't give me that shit, Hugh Jackson. This is just another boneheaded decision by Hugh Jackson. They it's went, such bullshit. How dude. many times did they go for two in the fourth quarter? Twice? For no reason? They – I – I don't know what happened. I was I was saying during the game that kicker had to have like injured himself at the kickoff or something. Yeah, well, like, because well, he, still, he I mean, went he went in that game he kicked four field goals. So like why were they going for two? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure they went for two more times than they kicked field goals. Yeah. It's we it was like this yeah, it was like this weird thing where like they were going for two for no reason. Well, I mean, my mantra is you always go for two on the road, and they were on the road, so I get it. That's an interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting mantra. <laughs> Never heard that before. That's a Matt Dawson I say, special. I say it all the time. I, I mean, he's a he's an Andy Reid kid. I That's right. All if you're, if you're on the road, you go for two. If you're at home, you kick the extra point. Anyway, um, all that thrown aside, two hundred yards rushing, six inches. They haven't been able to stop you all day. You've been going for two. You've been playing aggressive all game. You've been playing aggressive all game, and that's what's put you in the position to have a chance to win. This is why you're in this position. Six inches gets you a, a win. win. Six inches six inches gets you a win. Your first back-to-back win in years. Four years. Four years. 
absolutely asinine. And you mean to tell me you got all this talent in Chubb and Hyde or even just center six inches? Hike, uh. Baker hike Ma- with the Baker Mayfield <laughs> sneak? He could fall. He could hike and fall forward and get that ball six inches. The majority of the people in this room are either as tall or taller than Baker Mayfield. And I guarantee you, Baker could have literally done the exact. Baker Mayfield could have run the Drew Brees special on the goal line, which is literally hike the ball, jump up, pull the ball over, and fall down. Yeah. And got the first down and won the game for them. But Hugh Jackson, and I don't know if it's Hugh Jackson or just Todd Haley. I don't know what it is. But, like, it didn't even – because, first of all, the Browns did get hosed twice in that game. Well, Everybody yeah. knows that. Yeah, but, but still. what's stupid – got to play against that because that the, happens to every team. Saying. It's so stupid because, like, getting the – I can't remember who had the carry. But, like, getting the reversed into a fourth down, if I'm a head coach, that immediately tilts me into going for it. Right? immediately like that tilts you into going for it because you're pissed off that like wow they just literally took a first down from in the game off the board screw it we're going for it that didn't even happen they were just like oh well guess we didn't get it time to punt oh my god it's a that that conservative style play that conservative style play is going extinct right now and for good reason my lord because it makes you lose football games play like like matt was saying Playing it to not lose makes you lose. Dan Quinn changed the league. <laughs> Offense is getting and too Peterson. Peterson. And Peterson. Quinn. Offense it was is a too e- powerful in the NFL. You also a- counterpoint. You also have to believe in your defense. Well, not and, when you give up forty-two. Well, <laughs> how much have they given up so far this year? They gave up twenty-three to the Saints, which is very good considering. That's very good, yeah. Fourteen of it was like in the second half. Mm-hmm. That's like. Against Sean Payton, who's like a guru, you get you. I mean, was it thirty-one against Pittsburgh? Thirty-one, thirty-one. It was twenty-one, twenty-one. Twenty-one, twenty-one. Yeah. That's a good offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have Bell, but they had James bad Connor. conditions, but a good offense. Yeah, they they had a good defense. The defense was playing playing well. They just needed one stop, and you know, stuff happens. I, I I agree with you in some cases, but not when not, not when, when not when you're inches to go and you're running. Well, no, so no, 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 no. Uh, specifically about the Browns defense, not when you're not when Marshawn Lynch is dragging guys for four yards. Oh yeah, yeah, that was like pretty... the, the the Cleveland defense is a good defense, but they were playing not very good. So I in any other instance for Cleveland this year, I agree with you. In that particular instance on Sunday, I would have went for it. Um, you go for it anyway, fourth and inches. Fourth and inches to end the game. The game well, no, no, over. no. What I'm saying is, is like, if they're going up against a team, like, say, okay, if Cleveland is in that situation and they're against Buffalo, yeah, you don't need to go for it because you're going to stop Buffalo. No, no, you go for it. That, that's that's playing to not lose. No, no, no. But, you, but that's all. But, but to Corey's point is, you, you're you, a set. You do have to trust your defense. That's what he's saying. But like, that's an easy get. But it, it's I I I can't say easy. to always. Go for it, and, and you no, think- in that situation, if you're if you're a fourth and inches, and you get that first down, and the game's over. But you're, I, I would say, if you're playing to, you're playing to win the game. Okay, you have to read the situation of the game. If you're like, if you're playing the Bills, you, maybe you do punt it, just because it's kind of whatever. You, you have the Browns 
arguably have a top five defense that we just got done talking about. And um, I think you could do it. But in this particular game where both teams are going up and down the field, conservative play call in that moment is absolutely disgusting. And that's why playing to not lose loses. All right. So think of it this way. And I'm not trying to meme or anything. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're, you're the Browns. Look at your roster. You go for it and, you know, whatever. But if you punt it, your punter is one of your top five players on your team. <laughs> Miles Garrett is one of the top five players on your team. Denzel Ward's one of the top five players on your team. Linebackers playing really well, too. Linebackers, top ten players on your team. The majority Not in this moment, though. They let him score 42 points. Yeah, but we're the buck stops somewhere. I, I, like I said, I, I agree with, I understand your point, and I understand your point. It's all situational, and in that situation, very similar to what the Colts did, because the Texans and the Colts were marching on each other. In that instance, if your defense cannot, I'm not going to, it would be one of those situations where, like, if I was driving a car and every single, like, say one out of every ten times, um, I should say uh, the opposite, nine out of every ten times when I hit the brakes on my car, it takes a second and a half for my car to actually begin stopping, right? If that's the case and I have to go on the highway to get somewhere, I'm not banking on the one in ten chance that I'm I'm driving five feet from a semi that my brakes are going to work the one out of 10 times. Like I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to be 10 miles behind the semi. Like, so if, if your defense hasn't stopped them yet, at least consistently as a coach, I'm not taking the risk on my defense. Even though I agree with you that the Browns defense is the type of defense that you would do that with. Right. I just think that in that moment, it's kind of that situation where, like, if it was if it was any other game, if it would have been the Pittsburgh game, which is why they punted in the Pittsburgh game when they kept, you know, they didn't go for it in the Pittsburgh game because they knew, okay, we're getting stops. It would be the same thing with the Saints. We're like, we're stopping the Saints. I don't see a reason why we have to go for it. But in that particular instance, I can understand going for it, and I think that's why a lot of these teams – with the bad offense, with the bad defenses, excuse me, are going for it. I think in this, but I get your point with the Browns specifically. Right. When you're the majority of your best players are on your defensive side and your punter's good and Denzel Ward's playing really well and Miles Garrett's playing really well and Kirksey's playing really well. Ogba and, and Ogba. Ogan. I don't know how to say his name. His name's insane. Your defense. All right. Defense is good. Like, it's mm-hmm. good. Like, I don't know what else to say about the defense. Yeah. But you – I don't know. How about this? An even better thing, it being on the road, if you're at home, you punt it. Because at that point, you're not only getting the ball back to your defense, which has your best players, you're also getting the benefit of – Crowd noise. Of the crowd noise. In that instance, I would maybe even more so punt it. But because they're on the road and 
you know, when your defense is out there, it's not really going to affect anything that the Raiders try to do because um, you're in Oakland. I mean, like, fuck. Defenses <laughs> get stops all the time. Hell, we just watched the fucking Chiefs get a stop to end the game. We, 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 watched, we watched Case Keenum overthrow Demarius Thomas is what we watched. We had, we had Case but we had – you had – I mean, yeah, you had that. But you also had – a really good, you, you had really the, good play who, on. I don't Cortland know. Sutton. Yeah, Cortland Sutton. He was there at the time the ball got to right. his hands. That was like, really good. And they played really well, uh, getting you, after Case. Right. They couldn't you got, stop the run. You didn't let but, Sanders get any yards on that one play. Yeah, that was a big. That, that was, was a big play. It was. I don't know. Like defenses get stops all the time. Offenses aren't one hundred percent. There's only been three times in. Uh, NFL history mm-hmm. that there hasn't been a turn like a turnover on downs or punt. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a punt. There's been three times all of NFL. It's either you either get your stops, so it's gonna happen sometime, or you get your defense gets turnovers. Like mm-hmm. that's what happens. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm not saying in that moment, but I'm saying there's an argument. No. They're, they're... Maybe outside of this specific moment, but in this specific moment, the, the Browns made a gigantic mistake. Yeah. No, but I, I'm definitely not saying on every single fourth down and one you go for it. Right. Not saying that at all. No. I'm saying that I think the, the direction that the NFL is going is that because it's such an offensive-friendly league and offenses are favored – more than anything, more than ever before, that if you believe in your offense, it's not like a slight on your... It's almost like instead of always believing in the defense to make a stop, you're kind of like believing in the offense. Like, get one yard. Right. You know what I mean? So, especially when you've been consistently getting yards. So, I guess the other argument... The the third tier of the argument that you could have, if this is like a cake, the top tier of it is believe in your offense so all right so now it's time for me to deflect and say this wasn't even the worst mistake in the game oh the first, no it the wasn't the worst mistake Woo! in the game was the fucking refs not calling it a fumble oh there was two specific instances where a play was blown dead when it shouldn't have i thought jeff triplet retired both in well not both in favor never mind but yeah one was against marshawn lynch he oh yeah yeah, so this happened to both teams. Yeah, it did. I so, forgot about yeah, the Marshawn Lynch play, one. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch, he's running. He's got a guy on him. Oh, that one where Marshall he bowled Lynch him over rolls there. Off. Yeah, he bowls over, rolls off this guy. Knees never touch the ground. He's not down. He keeps going. The The rest call the play dead. Inadvertent no whistle. Inadvertent whistle. They blew it too early. I there can't was... do that with Martha, Marshawn Lynch's running the ball. He's I don't know early. if anybody else noticed, but did you guys happen to notice how long it took the whistle to get blown every time he touched the ball after that? Yeah. Yeah, they just know. I mean, here, the, I was just looking at this stat, actually. Marshawn Lynch has already forced 20 missed tackles. That's five more than the next closest rusher. His elusiveness rating is a 105.4. Lynch has racked up an incredible 254 of his 300 rushing yards after contact. And you blow the whistle on first contact? Ah, uh, nah, son. That's a big no for me, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, that that was a badly officiated game all around. 
The Derek is the Derek Carr in the grasp forward progress call worse than the one in the Chiefs Titans game. I mean, a bigger moment, no, because this was playoffs. But worse as a call, yes, because he dropped the ball as soon as he was, as soon as he was hit. Like he wasn't even like driven backwards. He was like hit, balled down, and like, oh, forward progress. Do you want to know an interesting uh, explanation to that that my dad actually came up with? Because oh, I because okay. my dad didn't watch the game, and I showed him it afterwards, and I was like. How do you explain this? And my dad said, well, clearly the ref that blew the whistle didn't see the ball come out. And I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. (laughs) But at the same time, that's pathetic. You're an NFL referee. What the hell are you doing not knowing where the ball is? Like, there's six officials on the field. You're telling me no one came up to that guy and was like, hey, he fumbled. Well, even then... All he had, like, if he, let's say he didn't see the ball or whatever, you give it an extra half second was all it was going to take for that whistle. Maybe the Browns don't get to, like, return the ball for a touchdown, which it looked like, but they at least get possession instead of letting the Raiders drive. Right. Like, I let the play follow through Mm -hmm. is my thing, and I think that should just be the mantra, dude. You you have to, like, let it go. You can't see the football. Okay, well, you. Put the trust in the other five refs that can. Right. You don't have – if you can't see the football, you're not supposed to be the one to blow the whistle in the first place. Right. And if you see something, okay, give it a second. Wait for the play to develop. It was it was, it was, was like a bang-bang whistle. As soon as he was hit, boom. He was trigger happy. I'm oh, telling yeah. you, dude. Yeah. That, that whistle had a hair trigger. We, got, <laughs> we had the NFL as a whole cradling quarterbacks like the little wee baby boys. So, like – Gonna, that. Uh-huh. I didn't think that the, oh, the whistle... Oh, they're worried that the, Derek Carr was literally yeah. going to die. You know how many people were just fucking killing him? Yeah. I was going to say, the, 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 the premature whistle might have actually come because they were trying to protect Carr. I didn't even think about yep. that. And especially, like, on running play with freak Marshawn Lynch. You yeah. don't blow the whistle on a Marshawn Lynch run until Marshawn Lynch is laying on the ground. Like, because... That's what they did after that call. I know. Like, uh, that's what I'm knew. saying. They learned, but, I mean, it was a little too... Because he would have taken that one to the house. Uh, how he was has, really close. How has, in a kind of kind of darker note, how has Marshawn Lynch never like torn ACL or anything? Because I don't know. He literally does everything that nature. causes it. Like, I don't know. He, he's just one of those. He has like, such sharp jukes and cuts and plants, and it's. I made like this back when he was in Seattle. I always made this when you watch Marshawn Lynch run, and then after this, we're gonna get to the power rankings actually. Um. When you watch Marshawn Lynch run, he does this. It's it's almost I don't know how to explain it other than the fact that it's almost like he's able to like get his body weight off the ground and absorb hits and then just maintain his balance. Like it's this weird concept where like he almost tries to like get himself off the ground right before he's about to take a hit. And then the initial force doesn't really drive him to the ground because he's not he doesn't have like a center of gravity to push himself off of. And he's just able to like absorb hits with this like incredibly like wide base that he makes. And you have a good point where like that's the way you tear your ACL. Like that amount of pressure on your knee joints is what causes it. And it just doesn't happen with Marshawn Lynch. And then he goes to the sideline and eats Skittles. It's just absurd. So but anyway, yeah, let's move on to our. We're gonna get to our. We're gonna get to this. Okay, so I didn't expect uh, 
all of them to do all 32 teams. Uh, you don't need to do all 32 teams if you don't want to. We can treat this like a herd hierarchy type of deal if you want to. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give my uh, top 10 starting from 10 going up to 1. And I'll make a case for all of them. Not too long. Just pretty quick. And then I'll just go even quicker. I'll just go 11 to 32. Just just going down the list. The teams that I'll stop on, I'll stop on and say a little bit of thing. And then from that point, you could just give me your top 10 teams. And if you want to elaborate anymore, you can. Okay. Anyway. All right, so we're going to start at number 10. Uh, I made two drafts of this, uh, dependent on the winner of this game because it had affected a lot. But with the Chiefs winning uh, my first draft, uh, I have the Eagles at number 10. Um, they are not playing as well as I think a lot of people are giving them credit for. Their defense has not been very good. Uh, their secondary is playing very bad. And their offensive line that was supposed to be one of the better ones in the, in the league have given up, I think, seven sacks in the last three games. Carson Wentz, who just came back from an ACL injury, is already been sacked seven times. And that is very concerning. They have a bunch of injuries at uh, running back. They haven't been able to run the ball. They're still the Eagles. I think they're going to get it okay. And the NFC East is wildly up for grabs right now. No one has a real uh, stake in that division. So I have the Eagles at 10. I have the Panthers at 9. I know they didn't play uh, last week. But I think the Panthers are like a, a – surprisingly good team not yeah, absolutely i don't I said they were going to be good yeah this no, no, no. bad pod no boy that's was true right. you did say they were going to be good they're finally getting christian mccaffrey like involved as a running back not just like a, a a glorified slot receiver coming out of the backfield obviously their defense is playing well and cam newton's actually having a really good year with his uh his first year with north turner so um he's playing really well i have the patriots at eight i was gonna have the patriots at eight regardless of whether they lost to miami because i didn't care they're the Patriots, okay? If they lost to Miami, you know what they're going to finish the year as? 13-3. and three. You know what they're probably going to finish the year as right now? 13-3. and three. Doesn't matter. They're the Patriots. They're going to be fine. Scary. Seven, I have the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are a tackle away from being undefeated. Think about that for a second. If a they tackle ta away. If they tackle Randall Cobb, they are 4-0. That is insane. Like, I read a statistic. I don't know the exact number, but the Bears have blitzed about they've blitzed the least amount of any team in the nfl and it's half of what the team in third is and they lead the league in sacks i mean khalil mack dude khalil mack has a forced fumble and a sack in four straight games in four straight yeah you know, they I, I don't know if you saw the quote from like gruden today oh my god they said they they brought it up to him. That, you know, Khalil got another sack force fumble, and Gruden was – I can't remember the exact quote, but Gruden was something like, wow, did he really? It's insane. I mean, it's, it's just really hard to find a good pass rusher, man. If the Bears – Evidently. I tweeted so this hard. out before the year started. If Mitch Trubisky is criminally average, that team can win eight or nine games. Yep. If Mitch Trubisky is half as good as he was on Sunday, they will win that division and they will go to the playoffs. That is how good that team is. Uh, number six, and this is where the credit starts to come in, is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, up until last night, they had scored a touchdown on every single trip to the red zone. They were 12 for 12. They were 14 of 14 until the Steelers started to stop them. Uh, they still have a really good defense uh, with C.J. Mosley and Terrell Suggs, even though they don't have Jimmy Smith. Uh, Joe Flacco, as pathetic as it kind of sounds, it apparently seems to be that the only time Joe Flacco can play good is either in a contract year or when they draft a replacement for him. But he's playing really well. So I got the Ravens at six. Man, the Titans are at five. Holy shit. 
damn, the Titans are playing really well. Like, I understand that it's the Titans, and, like, they lost to Miami in week one, but that was a seven-hour rain delay in Miami. Like, they were going to lose that football game. It's kind of hard. It's like people forgot that they were a playoff team yeah, this year. They have, and and they're doing the things right. They're giving Derrick Henry the ball and not Deion Lewis. Right. Um, their pass catchers are playing really well. Marcus Mariota is playing with – I understand Aaron Rodgers' injury is kind of bad, but, like, a quarterback not being able to grip the ball, par- like, perfectly because you don't have feeling in your hands is kind of an insane injury to be playing with. And Marcus Mariota is playing really well, and – Going into, I think they went into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles and just took it to, I can't remember where that game was. I'm pretty sure it was in, it was in, Philly. It was in Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure. I'm giving the Titans credit. Like, they've played three, they've played a, a really well uh, month of, um, a month of September. Number four is the Saints. Uh, the Saints are still my pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Um, the only loss they have, of course, is to the Buccaneers when Ryan Fitzpatrick had, you know, three full months to prepare for the team because he knew he was going to be the starter up outside of that i mean they won a track meet against the ram i'm sorry against the falcons they had a really gutsy come from behind win against the browns and they just went into new york and just a a place that they haven't played very well in the past and just absolutely dominated uh just dominated the 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 giants um i think the saints getting uh the saints getting mark ingram back now is just going to make it absolutely insane because now Alvin Kamara can do that weird thing where he lines up as a receiver half the time, which just absolutely just throws off defenses. So it's going to be really cool. My top three teams are the chiefs, Rams and Jaguars. And I'm going to talk about all three teams separately because I don't want to give away who my number one is. And here's the reason why I have these teams ranked where they are. Okay. The chiefs. I'm going to talk about the chiefs first. Obviously Pat Mahomes just had an unbelievable performance. We just watched it. He came from behind against the Broncos. We're all going to acknowledge the fact that that defense is very bad. It's not very good. I know they just had a really good – that's probably their best game they've had this far in a really tough situation. Um, But as you kind of alluded to, and you were memeing about it, but there's some truth to it where that month of September is really good for Andy Reid coach teams. And then the longer the year goes, it kind of starts to wear off a little bit, and he kind of has to fix things and kind of patch the holes as it goes. Mm -hmm. Um. Obviously, the Chiefs are a top three team on my power ranking, so clearly they're really good. Um, that's just the one thing that I think they need to watch out for. And, of course, the next week, if that was a tough game, next week is an even tougher game against God the Jaguars. Um, oh, my God. I'm scared. Then we have the Rams. Um, I want to say something real quick about the Rams. The Rams are not world beaters. The Rams do not have a pass rush outside of Aaron Donald. They can't get to anybody. If Aaron Donald isn't getting sacks, they're not getting sacks. Um, up until yesterday, their secondary play has been criminally average. Uh, Akeem Tlaib is now hurt. Marcus Peters had a really, really bad game. Their safeties don't play very well. Their linebackers are very weak. And if you look at their three games outside of the Arizona game, which Arizona is one of the worst teams, of course, they're going to dominate Arizona. Dude, they had to come back against the Raiders. Like, the Raiders dominated them for about three and a half quarters, or two and a half quarters. Raiders the Chargers like, the most productive offense. No, they are. That's what I'm saying. Like, But the Raiders don't have the defense that the Rams were supposed to have. Right. And that's what I'm getting at. It's almost like we put all this emphasis on, like, oh, man, look at all these acquisitions that the Rams made on defense. And now they're kind of not – it's not working out the way we thought. Like, Aaron Donald's playing as advertised, 
But like Ndamukong Suh's been okay. Yeah, it's like I you, predicted that. It's like you signed <gasps> Sue a month before the right game started. It's like you traded for Peters and uh, Talib. Talib a month before the season starts. And now starts. they're both injured. Right. It's, and it's, then, you know, it's like you trade away Robert Quinn. Yeah. It's like you trade away Alec Oldertree. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have a pass rush. Right. It's 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 just thing. And all due respect to the Rams offense. Okay, that, that, that game we watched on Thursday was insane from Jared Goff. If that game's in Minnesota, they don't win. Because you want to talk about how dominant that Rams offense looked? They won by seven points. And Minnesota didn't have a running game. I think they had like 30 net rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Like, Minis- it literally took a fourth quarter where Aaron Donald had two sacks to win that as absolutely insane as that offense was. Think about that. They won by seven against Minnesota, who just got embarrassed by Buffalo and couldn't stop them and didn't have a running game. So, okay, the Rams are really good, but I just wanted to bring that up, that, like, the reason why I don't have the Rams or Chiefs at one and I have the Jaguars at one is because the Jaguars are the only team in the NFL right now that are playing at or above where we thought they'd be. The Jaguars, we all knew they were going to have a really good defense, and they've had a really good defense. The thing we didn't know is that this offense would lose Leonard Fournette, lose their left tackle, and get better. This offense is actually better through the first four games. Well, this is a counterpoint. Last year, they lost receivers, and their receiving got better. Maybe that's the secret. That's the thing. Like, for some reason— The sacrifices must be made. Yeah, like, the deeper deeper Jacksonville gets into their depth chart, the better they get. And the only loss they've had was to Tennessee, which everyone expected—at least I expected them to lose to Tennessee. Yeah, same. And they barely lost. So, like— I'm looking at the Jaguars. I'm thinking to myself, your defense is playing as advertised. You're one of the best defenses in the NFL. You, Your only loss was a loss that a lot of people expected, and you barely lost. And your three wins were ass kickings. Like, the, sco- the final score doesn't indicate in those three games against the Giants, Patriots, and Jets how absolutely dominant the Jaguars were in that football game. They're the only team in the NFL that... I'm looking at and I'm thinking you're either playing where you're at or above what your expectations were because Blake Bortles outside of the game against Tennessee had arguably the best month of his career. And if the Jaguars are putting up 20 close to 30 points a game, who's going to beat them? Like who can beat the outside of the Titans? Who can beat the Jaguars if they have the best defense in the NFL and they're scoring 30? No one. So I have the Jaguars at one, I have the Rams at two, and I have the Chiefs at three. Okay. Um, just real quick, going down the list, I won't talk about a lot of these teams. Redskins are 11. Uh, following the Redskins is the Packers. Vikings at 13. Cowboys at 14. Bengals at 15. Steelers at 16. Um, the Broncos, now that they lost, I dropped them down to 17. Had they won, I had them at 10 because that would have been a big win. Uh, Falcons at 18. Uh, Dolphins at 19. The Browns at 20. Uh, Seahawks, Chargers, Colts, Giants, Buccaneers, Lions, 49ers, Raiders, Jets, Texans, Cardinals, Bills is the rest of my list. Um, Our last three are the same. I I felt like a lot of people's final three. If you did all 32, I felt like they were all going to be very similar. 
sorry, man. The 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 Bills. I don't care that they beat the Minnesota Vikings. Like, dude, the Packers defense is bad. Yeah, it's and bad. you and you can't score a point. You belong at the bottom. Josh Rosen did everything he damn near could to beat the Seahawks, and his kicker missed a field goal to win the game. So poor. Oh, I feel bad for him. I have the Saints number ten. Wow. Uh, I mean, I don't like our defense so far this year, mm-hmm. but looking back, we weren't. Our defense wasn't good until Week Four of last year when we played Miami and London when we shut them out twenty to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when that's that's when the streak started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Carolina at nine as well. Uh, they're playing very solid at both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacksonville at eight. Washington at seven. We got Washington pretty high. Uh, besides their like passing game, everything's working really well. Yeah. Uh, Best New pass it- defense in the NFL still? I'm I assuming. So. Yeah. Uh, New England at six. I still have Minnesota at five. Uh, they've played really like what look at the teams they played against besides the Bills, who they were we're all assuming that he's looking they were looking forward to the short week with the Rams. Like the Bills they thought they could handle the Bills, but mm-hmm. you know, stuff happens. I have Cincinnati at four. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a team you forgot it. well, maybe you didn't forget about, yeah. but I did forget about Cincinnati. The reason I have Cincinnati really low is that the Cincinnati Bengals are a Jack Doyle don't fumble and a Falcons have at least a warm body in the secondary from being one and three. Right. But that's, that's why I, I have them. They're low. doing this through injuries that they've had on both sides of the ball. Now they lost their center. They lost well, their corner. They lost, I think John, Josh, John Ross, John not, Ross. I think okay. he's going to be out now. Uh, Tyler Eifert, which, who yeah, that was brutal. Don't, if right. you're listening to this, if this, you haven't seen it, don't watch the video. Of they him lost being hurt. Joe Mixon, and you can't tell. Like, no, you really can't tell that they lost Joe Mixon. Mixon. It's kind of funny. Like, Low key, I have always been a Giovanni Bernard fan. He never got the off. respect. Who was who the person who was there with him before? Uh, Hill. Jeremy Hill. Jeremy. Yeah, Giovanni. It was Giovanni Bernard's team, and then Hill came in. Like, oh, we're gonna start splitting carries, and Bernard. Okay, I'll do it. And then, then they have Mixon, and Bernard still good and he's like okay whatever i'll take the back seat now it's like his time to shine and he's finally showing what he's capable of and i love him whenever james white just ever decides he wants war- to stop getting rings geo's going to new england <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, true but i don't know i your top three or oh, no, right, your top three aren't the same as mike a couple a few years ago andy dalton had like was going on like what would have probably been considered an mvp campaign mm-hmm. until he, he hand. until he broke his hand and that's what's going on this year he's playing really well i think he's he's had two interceptions i think on the year but it's still he's making the right plays he's making the right call uh i have kansas city at three i have chicago at two that defense I, is just I, too t- good. I'm telling you, man, I wanted to put them higher, but I'm just like, Ugh. uh The problem with Chicago's offense has been Mitch hasn't been able to connect on the deep balls. Yes. And then 
yesterday he came out and connected on all the deep balls. Uh, if that keeps clicking, they're going to be unstoppable. I think they're, they don't have the depth of Jacksonville, but I think their overall talent on the starting lineup is better than Jacksonville. Uh, and then the Rams at number one, their defense hasn't played great, but it's going to take some time to mesh together. I think as with all offensive line, every, everything, it takes time to mesh yeah. together. Uh, I expect around November that they're going to be starting to bring their shit together. I mean, clearly, I think the Rams are good. I have them at two. Right. It's just one of those things where, man, the Bears are just, the Bears are going to be one of those teams where, like, I'm going to be sad if they end up not, like, if if, if September was the month of Chicago and then they just end up sucking, I'm going to be sad. Uh, You guys remember Eddie Royal? Yeah, Yeah, dude. I remember Eddie Royal. The September Royal. Oh, dude. Oh, in oh, Chicago. Man. That was the single most unstoppable force in the history of the oh, NFL. Oh, my goodness. It was Eddie insane. Royal in the month of September in Chicago was like, oh, my God. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. All, All right, right, Justin, go ahead. So, so I've, f- got, I've got the Bengals at number 10. Uh, I think they just, for me, they just barely beat out the Eagles. You know, I was going to have them at 10. I have the Eagles at 11. Hmm. But, uh. That's where I would put them at least. I only have ten written down, but the bank—it's much of what Corey said, except I don't think it lasts. But I think right now you have to run with it. Uh, nine is the Vikings. I'm real. I'm. I went super super. I'm the Vikings right now. Got a lot of question marks for me. You, I don't know. There they, are two situations. You have what I can only describe as a gigantic fluke against the Bills. And then you go up against who might be the best team in the NFL and almost win. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you be up there? Mm-hmm. You that, that the, those two losses are they're not going to have many more than that. You almost win a shootout with Aaron Rodgers. Right. You tie in a complete crazy shootout with Aaron Rodgers, where both teams were firing off on all cylinders. I think the I think the main reason is because. Again, as I mentioned, where did we expect you to be and where are you now? Where the hell did the Minnesota defense go? Like, that's all the same guys. It's all the same people. It's all the same system. Yeah, Harrison Smith's having a be- down year. Yeah. I like, think it, that's, that's we'll see, all it. We'll see what happens when things okay, start coming back fine. together. But, like, the way I still see it, it's not it's not even remotely close to time to panic. For no, no, no. I'm not saying time to panic. I'm just saying they have not been playing I, very well. I just, I, I still think they will be up to par. And I think like, there's just like some dumb shit that happened anyway. Uh, then at number eight, I have the Ravens there. They you are didn't have the Ravens in the top 10. They're popping off right now. I don't know. Uh, they're same thing as him with the Bengals. You just don't think it's sustainable. Uh, yeah, I think they're at 15 on mine. Okay. And see what happens. I, I think I think it sustains for them longer than it does with the Bengals. Okay. Uh, and I think they they probably end up being a playoff team. How far yeah. they go past that? Eh. AFC's weak. Yep, that's the thing. They, AFC's weak, and they're bullies. Yeah. I so think like, they need no, more of a pass rush. They do. They do. You're absolutely right. Then uh, next I have the Panthers. GG are, Matt, by the way, on, on nailing the Panthers, yeah, by the way. Yeah, they are doing way better than I expected them to. Thank you. Thank you very much. I expected them to have the down year. And it, it's, they are... Should be 3-0. They should have beat Atlanta. Yeah. 
it, it's been very interesting to watch them. They're they are very electrifying right now. Mm-hmm. They're they they charge up the field. Christian McCaffrey's been excellent. It, it's it's. Then I have Patriots. Uh, yeah, everybody. And every single year, people come in in the month of September and are like, "Oh my God, the Patriots!" Stop. I literally mean it. If like they suck. If they suck by the end of October, you can start freaking out. But I, don't e- I don't even know if that would be enough for me. We'll see. I, I would accept people freaking out. Okay, fair enough. They, I still wouldn't probably. I think oh, they're probably still going to play. By the way. way. Just lost Gronkowski, or at yeah. least he's dinged up now. It's going to be interesting seeing him going forward. That's why I don't have them higher. It's not considered serious. Yeah, it's not. But it's Gronk. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah, not but... his back or his elbow. That's true. It's his ankle back bow. As long as he can still <laughs> stiff arm people off of him. While That's he right, yeah. Reels in a catch one-handed. Yeah. Then number five, I have the Bears. Mm-hmm. I would put them higher because they are – Absolutely terrifying, but I do not trust Mitch Trubisky at all. I would love to see him improve from what he's done. My all right, so last week I know I already talked about this, but my like I said, my problem with him was he wasn't connecting on the deep passes. And then he did in this one game. And then he did. I want to see if it happens again. It was and it was regardless of whether or not the people were covered or not, because we all know that Tampa's, Tampa Bay's defense is bad. Yeah, yeah, but these people were. He was missing wide open people before, and now on the he's deep, not missing wide open. And now people. he's not missing wide open people, and he's getting good ball placement when they actually are covered. Right. Number four, I have the Saints. Originally had them pegged as number three, but I their defense is a little shaky right now. I think it develops as the season goes on, and I still think the Saints get close or make it to the Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the way Drew Brees has been playing, especially with the way Alvin Kamara has been playing. Now they bring Mark Ingram back into the fold. Their offense is even better. So it's it's they're they're going to be a, a damn good team. It doesn't look like Kamara's playing injured to me, too. That's another thing I didn't – I think the questionable status – I think that's all maintenance-related because you have to put something down on the injury report when, you have, when a player doesn't sit out or is limited at practice. I think it's literally all maintenance-related because you obviously want to keep Alvin Kamara – He's obviously proven himself already. Uh, it's a you can get hurt in that position. You just want to keep them as rested as possible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you'll be fine. But like the dynamic that those two bring together is still going to really uh-huh. improve that offense. People are thinking, oh, they don't need no, they need them. Especially since the way it's been now, you could you could still like see it that Camaro's getting tired. You can't. Put... He ripped off a forty-yard run at the end of the game. How is that tired? <laughs> well, you know, bursts that happens, but no. end up. You do if you do that. This is the same. And I was going to argue this case earlier about the Cowboys. And like, yeah, you could give Zeke the ball thirty times a game. By the time it gets to like week thirteen, week fourteen, you're gonna start having issues. And that's why they're resting him at practice. Yeah, I don't know. Same, it's gonna help. I mean, you could either win or lose games. Yeah, I know. And I mean, hey, and then, that's how you win. Yeah, it's just. Anyway, moving on. We're not talking about the Cowboys yet. Anyway, Jags at number three. Okay. Blake Bortles is your quarterback. <laughs> Only thing that stops ever being number one. Have you been reading the Bortles facts though? Have you been seeing these stats, <laughs> these boys making? How long do you think it realistically lasts? 
It how lasted long, until the AFC Championship have, game last year. How long until you have another game where they they win exclusively by field goals? The again. next the next game against Tennessee. Right. But then they do they, it the first week of the playoffs again, and they get and they win exclusively with field goals. Always flop. You're not gonna. I want to see I mean, if it I, changes I, this year, but I'm not convinced yet. Yeah, I I'm seeing a the, lot no, of. I still have them at number three. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, in Justin's defense, I'm seeing a lot of these plays made by the receivers, yards after catch. Like, no, I, that's true. Like if, if if Blake Bortles is your quarterback, and that's why you're number three and not number but one. But they're but. It's a lot of those plays, just real quick before you get to your – I mean, your number two and one are Chiefs and Rams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> real quick, the thing about that, though, is that a lot of those plays that are – obviously, the runnings, the runs after the catch, but, like, these are these are called plays where they need conversions, and they're putting the ball in Blake Bortles' hands, and they're saying, Compl- like, get us this first down. They have to. And then – well, that's but – that, but that's the difference from, you know, old – like, Blake Bortles of old, I guess you could say, where they were absolutely terrified to do that. But now that they have like people around him and they trust him, like, hey, you like this is a third down and eight. You need to complete this eight yard route and not dump it off on a screen pass and try to let the running back score through. I don't think there's any doubt that Blake Bortles is their guy in Jacksonville. They gave him the extension. They yeah. believe in him. I, but I think he, he is the most interesting slow burn in the quarterback <laughs> position in the NFL. <laughs> where he's been getting so slowly better every fucking oh, year. Oh, man. I, I love it. I, well, I he like had that, that one 4,000-yard passing season. And the next of, year, he was fucking abysmal. Yeah. As a fan of slow burn. Yeah, and ever since then, it's yeah. just been so, like... A fan of slow burn really coming slow. from a fan of Patrick Mahomes. Woo! The quickest fast burn, whatever that is. Yeah, and then real quick, flashbang. I was talking about like my extension reading. Not a not reading. Not 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 even a flashbang. It's like the fucking grand finale of a well, fucking fireworks show that's been going hard, off for three sometimes weeks. Sometimes hard, loose, and fast is what you want, but every now and again, the slow burn into it. Every now and again, right, you well, want to go look at the turtles. Number two, in the... Is, number two is Chiefs. Number one is the Rams. Matt, go. Hi, 10 is the Cincinnati Bengals. They still won the games. People say the Red Rider BB Doo guy gun can't win the gamey doos, but then he gets the passes and they get it and he this wins the games. This always fucking falls apart around the hour and a half mark. Anyway, go ahead. So he win the gameys. I give him the 10 spot. Give him a $10 bill. Slap him on the butt. <laughs> Gave him the gold Hamilton. Here you go, Andy. We literally fall off the rails at exactly an hour and a half. <laughs> we know what our attention span is. Uh, nine, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they, just, we know. Keep oh, I'm sorry. The New England Pat, Pat, Patriots. I'm going to say what Matt has the to New say England if he wants Patriots to add anything. The New England Patriots are on eight for reasons we've all discussed and talked about. I got, I got the uh, Tennessee Titans at seven. Okay. Um, I feel like maybe they could go higher, but I just I feel it's half flash in the pan, half not. I mean, Mariota's got the arm with the half hand, and they're doing things and they're giving Derrick Henry the ball like they should. Remember last year we were like, man, Marcus Mariota looks real good, and then like 
we got. Are you talking like, at like the beginning of the year? Because that wasn't happening during the course of the I year. I don't remember ever saying that in I my life. I remember going into last year yeah, expecting yeah, yeah. it to be his year. Yeah. And then we do, I, we he do we this can't... every year. Well, yeah, I know. but We I... do this every year with the Titans. When are we going to realize that like they might barely squeeze into the playoffs, maybe win a game in it, and then end up losing? I mean, if that's what they are, that still puts them in the top eight to make the playoffs. So, seven. Yeah, true. Six, I got Carolina. They sacked the people. They got the Christian McCaffrey running the ball. They got the Cam Newton throwing the ball. They got the Norv Turner getting the completion percentage up. I said it would happen, and here they yeah, are. Right they got out. the good old Christian boy. That good old <laughs> Christian cooking. Good old run CMC. Oh, man. Five, I got the Chicago Khalil Max. <laughs> Um, I mean, Trubisky's playing well, and Allen Robinson's been a it, what he's needed on offense. And we we were making fun of them early in the season, script the first fifteen plays, and then see what happens. They've adjusted. We'll see. We'll see if Nagy's uh uh come off the Andy Reid tree, and now that it's October, he starts losing power. We'll see. Maybe, or if he uh, fights his way through like Doug Peterson and gets him into the playoffs and a team that we don't expect wins a Super Bowl or some shit. Who fucking Oof. knows? That'd be something. That'd be awesome. The, 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 Bears. the Bears. Yeah, right. As much as I hate the Bears as a Packers fan, it'd be cool to see. In an era, in an entire season that is dedicated to, wow, you can't play defense anymore. I mean, it would be a the team, most. A team that makes one defensive, like, it would make, trade. It would make, like, it'd be just the most on the nose thing, and I would love it just to shit on John Gruden. Anywho, uh, number four, I mean, these are the four is the Saints. I know they're not playing the best defense, but they're playing enough to be three and one, and you got Drew Brees and Kamara and Michael Thomas catching a thousand passes. So you, you're going to win some games like they have already. And then I got the Chiefy Boys at three because they have, in the words of, What's his name? Booger, the worst defense in the NFL. And fuck you, but you kind of right. Just playing like <laughs> but taking that quote out of context. I will put it in whatever context I want. Thanks. That's why I took it out. Thanks, Donald. <laughs> What's your number 2? Oh, the the Ramy boys. And then I got the Jaxie boys at 1. Yeah. All right. I got two uh, Do you want to talk about Jaxie? Oh, uh, well, I believe in Blake Bortles. (laughs) Oh, man. I got two things. I think Blake Bortles misheard the quote. Uh, When when he heard Fournette was gout, he's like, well, with great responsibility comes great power. And he just improved his quarterback rating by 12 points. (laughs) (laughs) He's an interesting man. Blake Bortles watched. Dude, he's been funny in press conferences and stuff, too. Like, I forget the question they asked him, but he like walked off the podium with it. That's not my job, and everyone started laughing. I need to find out what the question. You was. know what? How how much of a kick in the dick to everything that has happened so far in the NFL season with all the offense and all the points and all the touchdowns, and everyone saying, "Oh man, Chiefs and Rams in the Super Bowl because they play Week Eleven. Oh man, it's gonna be Super Bowl preview." Chiefs. How much of a kick in the dick would it be if it was gonna be Chicago and the Jaguars? Give me that defense, man! Like what a Oh, I would love God. That. I would get love that. The end of the score is going <laughs> to 4-2. to two. Yeah. Like, that will be... <laughs> huh, that'll be the Safety. most anti-climate. It'll be great, though. Like, I would love it. Man, it I'd would be, be good. Because the last few Super Bowls have been super offensive heavy. I wouldn't mind a defensive slug. I am down for about. the safety ball. 
And the safety bowl. Uh, Let's go. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is we brought up earlier how people were talking about how everybody was saying how the Giants missed out of their quarterback. You think they probably had enough foresight to look at all the quarterbacks that are going to be free agents this year? I mean... You got Flacco, Prescott, uh, Sam... Bradford, you got you got a lot of options that are more proven than some of these rookies were. I think the problem now, though, you is that Case Keenum, Flacco, kind of looks like he's gonna stay, and Bradford's shot. Bradford's a shot fighter. He's the third string yeah. on that team now. I know, but he's gonna sit for a year and then he's gonna come back and he's gonna set the completion percentage record. <laughs> Throwing slants to OB, ODB and That's Sterling Shepard. That's gonna That's be his who best boy route, for me, man. Dog. See, they're planning ahead. Oh my god. Right, well, screw we'll the be, Giants. We'll be recurring that segment every month, pretty much. Yep, every we'll every four fad weeks. Pod ten. The the Fad Pod ten. I want to address ten pod, the ten fad pod, the one fad zero pod. You were completely fied the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I want to address one thing before we stop for tonight. Okay. We need to name our fan base before it's out of our control. Oh yes, before before ESPN tries to force Showtime down our throats. All right. So what a bad nickname. God, I hate that nickname. So before it gets. Before it gets racist and people start calling our fans the darkies. Oh, I wouldn't have even oh, thought of that. Football after dark. We're gonna. That was... Go ahead. Ooh, we're boy. gonna. We're gonna name them the fatties. The fatties. The fatties. <sighs> I, I, I'm... It's, it's. You listening to them fatties, boy? You got rolling no, 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 up the, the fatties. The fans are the fatties. Oh. What That's why fatties? we don't want people we calling our fans boys. the darkies. They're sitting there consuming our content. The field. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. How are they consuming our content, Justin? Son of a bitch, I ah, had a different name. I had a different name suggestion. Son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> do that, and then I'll do the name suggestion. Nope. Nope. You got to find out next week. Bleep it out. <laughs> ah, get him. Anyway, I don't know. There's. All right. Hey. Hey, why don't you come here? One of my, I need one of my live studio audience to come here. Oh, no. This is not... I'm letting you all know right now this is not going to end well. <laughs> look at the look on Close, his face. What's your name? Hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. Now, if you were listening... If you were not live in the studio audience right now and instead you were listening to us, where would you listen to us at? The toilet. <laughs> For an hour and a half. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Zach. You would go to the Apple Podcast app or the Google Play app or the Google Podcast app. You go out there and listen to us football after dark. If you wanted to know how we were doing on social media, where, where, where would you find us on Twitter? I would like to say that I thought you meant where in location I would be listening. Uh, what was the question? Did you say F-A-D-P-O-D? <laughs> Yes, you're exactly right, Zach. Please end it now. <laughs> Hurry. F-A-D-P-O-D. Someone hit the button. Wait, that's on Twitter. There's Facebook F-A-D-P-O-D. I love you. I don't. No. 